The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi, and welcome to Balance and Point Podcast. My name is Kimberly Falker, and not only am I the host of this show, but I'm also the founder and CEO of Premier Dance Network, which is the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. I know it's been a while since you've heard from me, so first of all, I want to say welcome back. So many of you are and have been fans of the Balancing Point podcast from its inception, and I want to say thank you for that. I hear from so many of you who are still loyal fans, but who have also become loyal listeners of the many amazing shows on the Premier Dance Network. And I often get asked when I might get back behind the microphone and bring back the interviews. Well, that time is coming very soon. I have some really amazing new interviews lined up and ready to go. But before that time, I wanted to start kind of my new relaunch by bringing you a really incredible mini-series that I'm super excited about. The mini-series is called Where Are They Now? And on the series, I've reached out to some of my earlier guests to find out what's happening in their life. I asked them to send me an update on their life. And this has been a super fun project. I'm so excited to not only share their update, but also their original interview. Each of the guests that you'll hear in this mini-series were some of the most inspiring and popular episodes. So with that, I'm launching with one of my very favorite interviews because I can personally say that I knew her when. So today's very first Where Are They Now guest is none other than Lexi Maxwell, a corps de ballet dancer with New York City Ballet. Her interview with me occurred right after she got her core contract, so it's super exciting to catch up with her today. All right, so let's get started with Lexi Maxwell. Um, my name is Alexa Maxwell, and I'm a core member with the New York City Ballet, and I'm going to give you a little update on where I am now. I originally did an interview with Kimberly when I just got my core contract with the company, and now um, I got my apprenticeship in 2012, and now in December and now it's going to be 2017 of and we're coming up on my fifth year in the company and I can honestly say that when I first when the last time I talked to Balancing Point it was I was very new in the company I just got my core contract and everything you know it can be a little scary and intimidating and you're kind of trying to find your place and your friend group and you're trying to impress all the staff and and your peers and now i can say that one thing one thing i feel is that i've really almost new york city ballet has almost become a home to me and i'm really so happy with the fact that i have great friends it's almost like a family there and a lot of people feel like there's, you know, it's scary and at first it's intimidating for principals and soloists and core, but I I really feel like New York City Valley is such a homey, welcoming place for the most part and I love I love being around there. I love being in the dressing room with all my friends. I probably spend, you know, more time in the dressing room than I do at home normally. But it's great and I'm really happy. I've gotten to do I do all my core ballets and I've gotten to do a lot, a lot of new works, a lot of balancing robins, peck, um, you know, just so much. But I also have gotten to do a lot of soloist and principal things and I'm, you know, pushed myself really hard to get to 
um, a place in terms of that as well. But I do have to say that in June, um, I had surgery on my left knee. I injured my patella tendon and I actually needed surgery. So I was, you know, injuries are really hard for dancers. I mean, I had been kind of struggling with pain in my knee for a while and I was, you get so used to pain on a regular basis as a ballet dancer, I feel, that you learn to manage things when you have them. And whether it be tendonitis or, you know, soreness or bunion pain or corns or ingrown you manage these things and it kind of becomes a part of your life. And I had just been managing my knee for a really long time and the spring season, this past spring season that was really hard on the core and I was doing a lot of my core things but I was also getting opportunities which I was so happy about and I was working really hard pushing myself and it eventually got to a point where I couldn't you know I couldn't do it anymore I was doing the lead butterfly in Midsummer Night's Dream and in between every single entrance I just felt like, I, I mean, I couldn't even walk. I felt like I couldn't bend my knee. I couldn't straighten my knee. I couldn't plie. I couldn't go on point. I, there was nothing. It was so painful. And I, I, you know, I finished the show and I did my part, which was, I guess, based on adrenaline because I don't know how, to this day how I did it. But I that was kind of the breaking point for me. And then I went to the doctor and I got an MRI and it, it turned out that I had a pretty significant tear in my patella tendon that was really only going to be able to be repaired by surgery. So I got surgery the next week and basically, you know, it's all fixed up. Like Dr. Philip Bauman did my surgery and after that, after my recovery, I was on crutches and now I've just been going to Westside Dance who are the best. They're the best possible physical therapists and they work with us and they know us so well and they know dancers so well that they've been kind of my life since I've gotten injured. But I am really at the point now where I'm taking bar again and I'm really just getting the strength back that I lost and getting my muscles back. But it's really, really, it's really tough because when you spend your whole my, I mean, basically my whole life since I was four years old dedicated to this, to dance and ballet. And when you're in the company, it just really is all consuming. And you you wake up every day and you go to class and you rehearse all day long. And you're with your friends and your family, basically. And you perform at night and then all of a sudden you can't do it anymore. And it's really, it's physically really hard, but even more so I feel is it's mentally, it's a real mental challenge. And I know that all dancers, it's not really if, it's when they, I mean, everyone has an injury. Everyone has an injury at some point in their career and it might not be serious. It might, it might be very serious, but I've, I've never had a super serious injury until this point and it's been a real patience tester for me for sure. I am so hungry to get back on the stage and I'm sure all dancers feel like this. I mean it's just 
it's really hard to be sitting at home and going really slow when you were at such a high peak, you were at such a great place, and then it kind of goes back to zero. And it's really hard, but I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned, you know, I've had to be really patient. I've found other things outside of ballet. And I've also taken the chance that I have to not be on stage to go watch in the audience, which is a perspective that I barely ever get to have because I'm always on. I mean, I I didn't even have a more than a couple of shows off this whole past year and so I really just took the chance that I could and went to go sit in the audience and watch my friends and colleagues and it really gave me a huge sense of appreciation of what we do and it's really it sounds very cliche but it really is magical and it's so wonderful what we do and it's it it I mean I've ended up in tears sitting in the audience watching what an amazing amazing life we have and it's so everyone is so talented and to sit there and watch my friends and colleagues and all these incredible dancers out there it made me just that much more excited to get back and um, I'm very close I'm hopefully gonna be starting you know some point in Nutcracker and getting back in class and it's just gonna be so great to be back around with my friends and just be back in the studio working because I really, you know, I am craving that. So, but I, I mean, all dancers go through injuries and it's kind of a part of the, part of the game and it's really, really tough, but it's, you know, it's slow, but patience is key and that's something that I'm not very good at, but I'm learning and I've gotten so much better. So, um, I can't wait to get back dancing and I'm really happy outside of work and happy where I am and I can't wait to get back. So that's a little update on me and wishing everyone a great year and happy holidays. And yeah, over and out. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed hearing Alexa's update and what's going on in her life now. And before we get started with her original interview that I had with her a few years ago, I'd like to share a word from our sponsor. Body Rapper's Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rapper's Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body and won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. All right, and here is my original interview with Alexa Maxwell of New York City Ballet. 
Well, let's um, go ahead and go back to the beginning a little bit. Um, you're from Minnesota. I do know that because yeah. <laughs> that's where I am, as we've spoken about um, through messaging. And um, give me a little bit about your history in dance and how you wound up in New York. Um, well, I I started at Minnesota. Well, I used to dance at just, I did tap, jazz, ballet, any dance style you could imagine. And then I went to Minnesota Dance Theater, and that's when I started to get serious about ballet, was at like age 12. Okay. And so what was the shift? Uh, do you remember kind of why you made that choice to shift to just classical ballet? Um, I think I... I love doing tap, I love doing jazz, but I'd always loved ballet the most. It, I just felt like that was my, it was always my favorite. I would always look forward to ballet class more than anything else. So I think that I just wanted, that's when I decided that that's what I wanted to do the most. Cause you kind of have to choose at a certain point if you really want to get serious about it. Right. So when you started at Minnesota Dance Theater, you said you were 12, and you were just there for two years? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, two years. A little over two years, I think. I joined in, like, the middle of the year. Okay. And then you moved away when you were 14 to Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, right? Yes. Where did you come up with that thought, or you know, prior to that point, were you doing just regular school and it just kind of shifted for you? Or what was the yeah, what so was the journey I, then? I always went to public school until I was in eighth grade. Eighth grade was my last year of public school. And then when I decided to go to CPYB, I basically had to make a decision if I wanted to go to the public school there or if I wanted to do, start doing online school. So I started, I decided to do online school. And that's how I finished high school. Okay. And then why did you make a switch to move to Pennsylvania at that age? Um, I think, well, MDT was going through a transition time. Gloria Gavrin was my teacher, my main teacher there at the time. And she was leaving. And I didn't, I knew that I wanted to take the next step, basically. And she suggested that Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet would be, I mean, it's such an amazing training program. So I decided that I wanted to really pursue ballet even further. So I made the move there. My mom wasn't too happy about it at the time. She wasn't? No, she didn't want me to go. But now, of course, she realizes that it was for the best. And when you moved there, do they have dorms or what was the program for you moving at age 14? Well, they don't have dorms there. So what we had to do was interview with host families. Okay. So there's these families, there's a list and these families agree to host kids from out of town. So I ended up living with a host family for the the three years that I was there. Wow. And who kind of helped monitor your schooling? (laughs) Um, actually, Coming from a mother. <laughs> I, I mean, I basically did it all myself. I'm just kind of one of those type A personalities. Okay. So I'm, I'm really kind of OCD about school and stuff like that. So, so you would come home from your ballet training to your host family's house, and that's where, so it was basically like living at a, a pseudo home or yeah. a pseudo family. Yeah. 
Okay. Did they have kids in the program too, or? They actually had kids that used to go to CPYB, but they're older. And um, their daughter, one of their daughters is a dancer with Ballet Arizona now. But so they and their kids went to CPYB. So they knew everything about it. And they were just kind of empty nesters that were willing to host other girls. And did so did you have roommates or any other friends that were at that house too? Yeah, I had um, two other girls that lived with me. They're some of my best friends now. So. Oh, good. Yeah. And are any of them dancing professionally too? Yeah, one of them is joining Pennsylvania Ballet starting this coming year. And the other, the other one is joining Houston Ballet. Oh, wow. So. That is neat. Yeah. And then would the parents um, take you to school? the host parents or yeah how would you she would drive us she would grocery shop for us cook for us it was basically like they were our parents but you know not but it was right like a whole family that we had it was really fun actually was it hard for your parents to decide which host family to let you stay with yeah I mean I think that Obviously, as parents, I'm sure you wouldn't want <laughs> kids living with anybody else, but it's just part of the the deal, and they they had a good relationship with my host parents, too. So, I mean, did they interview a lot of host families before making that decision? Yeah, I think that we talked to, like, three or four. Okay. And did you hear any stories from your other dance friends where host families didn't work out? Yes. That'd be hard as a parent far away, I think. Yeah, that doesn't... Yeah, sometimes (laughs) they don't. (laughs) But you you lucked out completely, huh? Yeah. And then your roommates, did they stay the same number of years that you did? Yeah, well, they actually stayed... um, One of my roommates stayed an extra year. And the other roommate is still there now, but she's moving this coming year. So I was the first to leave, but... So when you were there and attending um, CPY, I always say it wrong. CPYB, <laughs> it's not a, it's not an easy one to roll off your it's mouth. Kind of a <laughs> did you go away for summer intensives, or how did you approach your dancing training at that stage? Um, well, actually, for the f- first two years that I was there, I just stayed at CPYB for the summer program. Their summer program is one of the best. I think it's. There's so many classes. It's such amazing training. So I think that Marcia likes the girls and the boys to stay there. But so I kind of followed what I thought that she thought I should do. And I stayed at CPYB for two years. And then I went to SAB summer program. The summer of your, what would that have been? Your junior year? No, sophomore year. Summer of... Oh, your junior, junior year. year. Yeah, right okay. after junior year. I didn't actually go to SAB until I was, yeah, my right before my last year. So what made you decide to do that then? Well, I, I think that it's possible. I could have gone to SAB the summer, the year before, but, and that's, I was thinking of doing that, but Marcia told me that she thought that I should stay at super IB, get stronger, work 
work more on my training and I did that and I'm very glad that I did now because I think that it made I'm a better dancer for staying at Super longer um and I think that me going to SAB when I did was a little risky because I was older right and they don't they don't usually take older girls for their first time but it did work out (laughs) so you went that summer and tell me about that summer there so that summer I I wanted to dance with New York City Ballet so badly I wanted to get asked to stay so badly it was I I was just it was kind of my goal but I kind of also had the impression that I was older like I was one they usually don't ask I was 17 and so I was kind of like well we'll see what happens I'm just gonna you know do my thing um dance my hardest I don't know you know and then the whole summer went by I didn't get at well I didn't get asked to stay I didn't get asked to stay I didn't get asked to stay and then there was this choreographic workshop show at the end of the summer and I had a lead in one of the pieces that Silas Farley choreographed and um, he I basically think that Peter Martins came to the show and he saw it and I'm not sure what happened with that but I got asked to stay the last day the last class oh my summer program. gosh it was that's like, a great story though because I think yeah, that it, was like, it would resonate with many kids that I could have I got wow so what were your thoughts excuse me what were your thoughts um you obviously had resigned in your head that it was a that you weren't going to be asked what were your thoughts on on what you were going to do next I I basically in my head was like okay well I need to start thinking of other things like another dream I was thinking that I was going to go back to CPYB for another year and then audition for companies. I was thinking while about other companies that I would love to dance with. And I just, my whole mind was trying to focus. Obviously I was upset, but I was really kind of trying to open my mind mind to other things. Right. Did you have any kind of hope in your heart? The fact that you, got the lead and that experience that that meant anything or that you maybe had one last shot type of thing? Well, I, I mean, the fact that Silas put me as one of the leads in his piece, I was so thankful to him. I mean, working with Silas, I don't know if anyone knows Silas, but he is so inspirational. He's amazing. He's only a year older than me, but oh my gosh, he's so beyond his years and he is he was a great choreographer, a great mentor. I still look up to him. He still looks out for me in the company. So So maybe what it was was, you know, the fact that he saw something in you might have Right. created I, a oh, hadn't noticed her before because she's yeah. not been here for the last four summers. Yeah, exactly. So Wow, that's great. So what do you think that Silas saw in you that made you um, get chosen for that? You know, I'm not really sure. I think I he would just watch class, and I think that maybe he just he liked something about my dancing. I'm not really sure what right. exactly it was, but so I, at that point in time, like, 
you know, and talking to some of the other girls, you know, had you started trying to figure out what it was about the other dancers that got asked versus you? I mean, what do you do in your head during all that process? You know, it it just seems so stressful. Only one other girl in my in my actual class got asked to stay. Okay, and what level were you? Um, I was in the highest level of the summer program. Okay, okay. And so usually, what I, like I was saying, they don't take older girls as much. Right. Because they want to mold them and train them like mm. with their technique, which is completely understandable. So they don't usually take the older girls as much. So I was kind of aware of that fact. And so when a lot of girls weren't getting asked to stay, I was like, well, you know, maybe it's just not meant to be. Right. And kind of. Just get as much as you can out of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So once, that's just hilarious that it was the very last day, last class. (laughs) And so I'm assuming that your family was there to watch the show, right? No, they actually weren't. weren't Oh, they weren't. Okay. But, um. I remember they couldn't, they have to call your parents before they tell you that you had asked to stay. And my mom wasn't answering the phone. So she came up to me after the last class and she was like, okay, well, your mom didn't answer, but I have to tell you because it's the last second. Because <laughs> you're moving. <laughs> like, <laughs> so so who, t- who told you and what did they say? Um, it was the registrar. Her name was Jolene. Um, she came up to me after class, the last class, and was like, can I talk to you in my office? And I kind of knew, because that's what what happened, that she was going to ask me to stay, but I was just kind of, I was so shocked. Wow. I was, it was amazing. So, but prior to going to SAB for the summer, had you had the discussion with your family that that was your goal, and if it happened, would they let you? Oh, yeah. They okay. knew that that's what I wanted, and if they got it, they wanted me to get asked to stay because they knew that that's what I wanted so badly. So they were on board. So when you moved to SAB for the year round, did you continue with your online school then? Yes. Okay. I just kept doing my online stuff. And what was that year like for you? Uh, I mean, that year, when I first got there, I was the only, the other girl that got asked to stay said no. Oh, why do you think? Um, you know, I'm not sure. I think that she liked where she was. Mm, okay. She had a sister. I'm not really sure, but she didn't want to come, I guess. Um, so I was the only new girl, like, of my age group. Yeah, you're right, because most people start when they're younger. Right, right. So I was very, very nervous. But, I mean, I had done that before. I was alone when I came to CPYB, and I was new. But I was, it's kind of hard to go into all these, all these kids in the dorms. They've been right. together for years and they, they're such good friends. And so I was kind of the coming in as the outsider. And was it hard? It was hard, but I mean, things like that are always scary. But right. I, it worked out totally fine. I'm still such good friends. My roommate, the girl that I ended up rooming with that year was, is now still one of my best friends. She's she's great. She's still at SAB now, and um, yeah, it was it ended up being such a good experience. It was scary, obviously, at first. Right, right. Because almost like when you went to Pennsylvania, 
you're almost too young to really know. And then when you're older, it's like you kind of yeah. are more aware of the subtleties of yeah. being new, you know? Yes. <laughs> and I was the only new girl in the ballet class, too, because I went into D, which is the highest level. Oh, wow. So all those girls were kind of like, it was it was a little awkward, but they were all really welcoming. Right. Well, it's probably unusual because, like you said, it's not so much that somebody's not trying to you know, not include you or be unconscious that uh, they've lived and eaten and breathed and done everything together for years now. Of course, yeah. So it's just the history that's hard to step into. Right, yeah. So that year, and then you graduated high school, and then tell me how you found out that you were going to be an apprentice. So I was in, okay, so we had the year started in September. So I was there September, October, November. And then on December 6th, I think that was the day, I, well, there was kind of this speculation, like they were going to, they needed more girls for Nutcracker. Ah. And so there was all this rumor going around. And I remember I was going up to different people in my class. I was like, oh, they're totally going to take you. You're <laughs> totally a shoe. And I never once considered that maybe <laughs> I've only been there for like three months. So I wasn't right. putting myself in the running at all right and so then the next day we had um after our second class we had variations after that class sue bachman she's one of the people that works at sab came and got us and me and my friend unity and she was like you guys um we can you come to Kay's office we we want to speak with you and so me and Unity were, we were doing this lecture demonstration and it was us two. So we're like, oh, it's about lecture demonstration, you know, <laughs> like kind of just in total denial about what was happening. And we went into Kay's office and she said that Peter wants you guys as apprentices. Oh my gosh. And so it was kind of, it was like a different time than usual. Usually right. you get in at the end of the year, but he took us in December Wow. It was mid nutcracker season. So And the reason they do that if they need dancers for nutcracker is that you're not allowed to dance unless you're a professional contracted dancer. Right, yeah. They okay. can't just have school kids. They have to they have to make sure that you're apprentice. You can't dance there without, you know, being paid and stuff. So those are those moments when their problem works to your advantage. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Those are good problems to have. Yeah. <laughs> for you. So, wow. So, that was November that you found out? Uh, early December. Wow. So, you call your family. What they say? Were they just shocked? Well, yeah. I couldn't. <laughs> I, was, I was in complete shock. And I called my parents. And they were. My, I think my mom started crying. Because I was crying. I was, it was so crazy. And then um, we had to go over to the theater. I remember Kay telling us, she was like, okay, you're going to go talk to Tommy Lemansky, who's like, he's in charge of some things at the theater. And I was like, who's Tommy? Like, we don't know who these people are. <laughs> and so she like, gave us directions. Like, Walk across the hallway. <laughs> and so we went to That's the theater cute. and we saw Peter there. And he, he came and talked to us, and we went into his office, and he was like, I'm giving us the spiel about apprenticeships and everything. 
wow. he gave us a hug and a kiss on the cheek. And then um, I actually had kind of a crazy first day there because one of the they needed a girl to do flowers. Uh-huh. Um, we were talking with Peter in his office and Rosemary came in came into his office and basically was like, we need to put some, we need a girl for flowers. We need emergency rehearsal because so-and-so got injured. And he, she was basically like, do you, any of you guys know flowers? Well, and she was like, no, how could you know flowers? And I don't know. It's still such a crazy memory to this day, but I knew flowers from CBYB. Did you? Because we do Balanchine's Nutcracker at Ah. So I really did. I knew I knew flowers. <laughs> I knew everything about Nutcracker. <laughs> so I basically told her that I knew it, and she was kind of apprehensive. She was like, "Well, how do you know this?" <laughs> and I was, and I told her that I went to CPYB, and I ended up performing flowers that night. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And that's the same day that you found out. Yes, it was like within wow. a couple of hours. So it's it's funny to think that had you been going to SAB all that time, you might not have known flowers because you wouldn't have had that opportunity. Right. No, I wouldn't have known flowers at all. Wow. So I was I had an emergency rehearsal. It was like fifteen minutes long or something, and I learned the spot, the specific spot in flowers, which I I never done that actual spot, but all the choreography is pretty much the same. How many um, flower parts are there there? I think there's like six, 16 girls. Okay. Because, I mean, from what I know at the Nutcracker here, which is you've performed that Nutcracker before, but Flowers is usually kind of notoriously a more difficult dance, right? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's long and it's puffy and it's, I mean, yeah, it's not the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> wow. Had- so how'd you do? I don't I don't really remember exactly how I danced it. I can't imagine that it was my best dancing in the world because I was probably freaking out internally. But I remember I was go we were about to go on stage for the entrances and one of the demi flowers looked behind and she was just about to talk, say something. And she was like, Wait, who are you? <laughs> You're a child. I was like, well, um, I'm the new apprentice, and she was like, "Oh, okay." And then we all ran out there. So, yeah. what? What? Who typically dances flowers? Is it core members or rankings that are above that? Yeah, it's usually core member. Okay, core members. It's just um, kind of something that you do. It's usually some of the taller core members. Well, that's funny. Are you tall? How? I'm how not do- that tall. I'm I'm probably the shortest flower. Okay. <laughs> So did you do it more than one show? Yeah, then we I kept doing flowers for the rest of the every show for the rest of the nutcracker season and snow wow. too. Wow. So what did Unity get to do? So Unity then the next day had private rehearsals with Rosemary to learn snow and flowers. Okay. Because she didn't know them. Well, how could she, you know? So she had to go through these private scary rehearsals with Rosemary all by herself. <laughs> Gosh, um, that's definitely trial by fire, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, but then she learned it, and then the next week she was dancing out there with me too. So, Aw, that's really neat. That's a fun bond that you guys have, huh? Yeah. yeah. So you go through your – gosh, it starts in 
Well, how does it work if you start in December and an apprentice has a year contract? So does it go December to December or do you find out or how did your year go? My year went, we found out in December that we were apprentices and then we found out at the end of November that we were core members. So it was the following November. So it was like a full year. Yeah, it was a full year. But oftentimes, at least what I've heard from some of the other girls, they find out that they have a core contract at Saratoga. Yes, that's the standard the standard procedure because most girls get in, they find out their apprentices after the workshop in the spring. Mm-hmm. And then they, yeah, and then they do a full year. They start in the fall and then they do a full year and find out in Saratoga. That's the usual. But we were just kind of uh, on a different track. Yeah. So does it, well, that's where I guess I'm confused. So an apprenticeship is a full year no matter when the the calendar year starts for you? Yes. So they wouldn't have asked you in Saratoga because it was too early? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that just has to do with, like, the union contract system? Yeah, I think it's, like, because, yeah. I'm, okay. Was, did you, so you wouldn't have gone to Saratoga that summer? Or do you as an apprentice? You do. Yeah, we Sorry, I'm I'm totally confused. We were just okay. apprentices, but we were still doing everything with the company, so we went to Saratoga. So the the kids that or the dancers that would have found out at Saratoga that they had a core contract were like six months ahead of you in the process. Yeah. So they were still they found out all those. It was a lot of boys. It was like five boys and a a girl that got in the spring before. Okay. And so they all found out. So they were all getting their contracts and we were. Wow. It might have been kind of fun, I would think, to be from your perspective because you don't have the the stress, but you kind of get to watch the system firsthand, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was fun watching them. They were Because you don't have to worry. (laughs) Not yet, anyway. Right. So that summer, how many apprentices got asked or got a contract? Um, All of them. All of them did. Yeah. And did that make you feel a little bit more hopeful because you saw all the boys get taken and then you're hoping that maybe then they'd need girls? Yeah. I mean, there was all the boys got taken. A lot of people thought that maybe they weren't because they didn't need as many boys, but Mm. they're all so talented, I think. So how many was it total? Let me think. It was, I think, five boys. Okay. And one girl? Five or, yeah, five boys and one girl. Okay. So. so then you guys were the only two apprentices left. Well, then there's, yeah, there was two other apprentices that were taken the beginning of Nutcracker, like a month oh. before me and Unity. Okay. So we were all together. We were kind of grouped together because we got in really close to each other. Okay. And so we were, we still didn't know. But. And then how, what was the process of being asked, um, or provided a contract as a core member. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny because me and Unity, um, we we were just looking at the schedule. We have to log our hours to make sure that we get paid, and it's just kind of the, that's like a system. And we were trying to look for our names, and we weren't under apprentice anymore. We oh. were under <laughs> four, and we were kind of like, well, that's. That's awkward. Like, we didn't really know what to do. And then we went out on stage and it was for, it was the dress rehearsal before the first show of Nutcracker. 
And Peter Martins came up to the two of us and was basically just like, you guys are core members. Like, hey, it's <laughs> not exactly as exciting as it, maybe you had hoped. <laughs> no, it was very casual. A lot of people didn't really know that we were, we hadn't even gotten our core contract. It was oh so special moment, but it was kind of, we kind of knew at that point that. Wow. Then what about the other two girls? So yeah, the other two girls found out a couple weeks before us because they had to find out on the year too. And they found (laughs) out kind of in a casual way too. Peter was teaching class and he was just like, oh yeah, you guys are core members now. (laughs) He probably forgets how big of a deal it feels, you know? He forgets that like you're obsessing in your head and your heart because it's becoming part of his day-to-day stuff you know yeah. I think he like I think he likes to he likes, shake it up <laughs> he likes to yeah make it different he, I think he likes telling people though too because that's such well, a- who was it it was um Olivia Boysen that said that she found out what was it that she was going that she was accepting the core as she was heading out for snow her yeah. first nutcracker <laughs> yeah that was, she had a crazy like how in the heck do you perform after that I know. <laughs> you're like you're crying and laughing yeah. at the same time <laughs> wow so what was the biggest difference um well just talking yesterday with Isabella about the difference of becoming an apprentice all of a sudden she's not getting the day-to-day feedback or corrections and so you know warm-ups or company classes about preparing your body versus really learning more did you feel that difference too? Yes. I think that that's a huge part of, that's a huge adjustment that students have to make when joining a company. Mm-hmm. Because when you're a student, all, I mean, all of classes, the teachers are giving you corrections. They're pushing you. Right. You're trying, you're really trying to be the best you can every second because you know they're watching and, right. and they're very nitpicky and that's what, training is all about but when yeah and I know that like for instance you know my daughter or her friends they feel like they've had the best class ever when they've gotten picked on the whole time yeah so you know and which is you know fairly counterintuitive to life you know because usually if you have a boss and they're picking on you you're on the verge of being fired no so it's something that when you're a student you want you want them to be paying attention to you and helping you. Mm-hmm. And when you join a company, there's so many people. It's a class of so many people. Class is shorter. Mm. It's in a it's it's treated more as um it's like more of a warm-up almost. Yeah, it's a true warm-up. Yeah. And it's to get you ready for your day and all your rehearsals cuz your days are so much longer. It's Right. And the teachers are there, and they do give corrections, there's no doubt, but there's so many people in the class, and sometimes you could go through an entire class without getting one correction. Right. And so, and then so it's more like self-gauged yeah, then, right? you have to really take it, you have a different mindset on things, and you have to find a way to, you look at yourself in the mirror when you're dancing and self-correct, basically. Mm. So, like, if you had questions or something you were unsure on what you were doing wrong, how do you find the answers to that? I mean, there's, you can definitely, you could go up to one of the teachers, I'm sure, and ask how, how you are. Also, I, me and my friends, um, 
we make sure that we look out for each other. Like that's nice. I'm we if we have different parts, I'll be like, hey, can you watch me do this and give me some corrections after? Oh, that's and nice. I'll do the same for them. So we all help each other out. I think that's really. Would nice. you ever feel comfortable asking like a seasoned principal dancer advice? Oh yeah, I'm. I they always. There's some of the principals are so nice. They're always looking out for your, you and. Um, they give you corrections a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I would, I would guess that you'd get re- corrections also during rehearsals. Yeah. About where you're messing up. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> that, yeah, you definitely get corrections. But even it's more about it's more about spacing and where you're supposed right. to go. Right. You actually. They're not going to say your right foot's or sickled or something. <laughs> right. And there are. I mean, you will get corrections, stuff, little nitpicky stuff, but not nearly as much as you would as a student. Right. What was the biggest difference between um, apprenticeship to a core member? Because you've already had the full year kind of with the company. Right. So I think once um, I got my core contract, I felt a lot more at ease. I felt like mm-hmm. I was... Well, you're not auditioning every second of yeah, the day, right? Yeah, auditioning. You feel like you belong there a little more. And you feel that you start to get a little more comfortable with yourself and your dancing. Right. And um, I think it's more... It's not even just... Because I think everyone in the company accepts the apprentices just as much. But it's kind of a self a self-feeling Right. Well, you have a year and that's yeah. it. And at the end of the year, you're, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that also when you're a core member, you start dancing a lot more. Oh, that's you're true. In, you're in a lot more ballets and it just starts to get a little more real, but it feels, it feels really good. Now, I know that I've heard that ballet contracts, you know, like core member contracts, it's an annual revisitation to whether you're still in. Is that the way it works? Uh, yeah, your contract is renewed every year, but pretty much everyone's contract does get re- renewed without even thinking about it. The only time that it would not is if they gave you some sort of warning. They would have to give you like a warning. So it would never come as a shock. Like right. all of a sudden you think you're doing wonderful and you walk yeah. in and you're fired. No, they wouldn't do that. They would. They would give you some sort of inclination that wasn't working out well that's probably comforting to you (laughs) (laughs) so Lexi a lot of my you know listeners are aspiring dancers who you know want and dream of having the opportunities that you've had or a career in ballet of some sort Um, what would be your advice on how to make a career in this competitive path that they're all on oh that's a hard question but I think I would say, I would say never try to never dance when you're going through all of this. It's a really complicated process. It's hard. Every day is going to be different. There's some days where you're taking class and you can be so hard on yourself saying that it just was terrible and you didn't dance your best and you can be really hard on yourself. And I think that it's important to remember that you're dancing for for you. You should be dancing for you, not for not to necessarily impress the teacher or be better than your friends. Like if you're if you're losing while you're dancing, 
then it's not worth it, you know? So I think that the most important thing is to remember why you love to dance at the end of the day, not just to impress other people, but because you actually really love it. Right. And then what about, um, you know, because we're right, right on the brink of a lot of dancers heading to summer intensives around the country and world, and many of them are hoping to have opportunities as you were when you went to SAB over the summer, what would be your advice on, first of all, how to approach a summer intensive um, the best way possible, but if your hope is to be asked to stay, what, how to approach that piece of it too? Because obviously you had a unique experience. Yeah. Um, I would say when you go to go to into a summer program, not thinking I want to get asked to stay, I want to get asked to stay, but more as trying to just take it as I'm going to try to improve the best I can. I'm going to try to dance the best I can and take soak in every correction that the teachers give you. Because I think that when the teachers see that you're applying the corrections they're giving, that they really like that. That's something that they like, even if it's not perfect, as long as you're trying and you're trying to do what they say, they really, they really like that. And I think that just working hard every day is the most important thing. Right. That's good advice. Yeah. And then what about college with you? Was that on the radar? Were you going to have like a plan B or was that not even an option of your thought process? You know, I hadn't thought about it too much. I think I think now that I'm um, kind of settling into my place in the core, I'm probably going to start doing some college courses. Right. But at the time, I, it wasn't really on my radar. I kind of. Well, I guess things kind of happened pretty quickly for you, really. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I got into the company in the middle of my high school year, like in the very pretty, like the third month into my senior year of high school. Right. So I is when you got the apprenticeship. Yeah. So I was still doing yeah. high school and dancing at the same time. Right. So you really didn't have to quite yet start planning. Yeah your plan B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do you do like, you know, do you guys do or do most SAB students do like the SATs or the ACTs? Do they take all those tests? Yeah, I think a lot of most people do. Okay. I don't everyone, but I think a lot of people do. So you did, which is why you can take college classes? No, I actually I did I never did take them. Oh. So then how do you how does that work for But I think I'm gonna probably maybe do some online classes. My mom works for the University of Phoenix. Okay. So she gets discounted classes there. And so I'm probably gonna just start doing my general right. and stuff like that. Well that's nice. Yeah, because I know that I heard from um I guess it was Isabella saying that Fordham kind of has a bit of a partnership with New yeah. York City Ballet, so you could yeah. take classes there too. Yes, you could do that, too. That's what a lot of dancers do do, actually. I think it'd be kind of nice to have something outside of the the walls that you live in. Yeah, you know? definitely. Now, so, what about, um, speaking of living, what what will you do for housing? Oh, so now I, um, I lived in the dorms for my apprentice here, but starting in August, me and my friend Ashley, we got an apartment together. Oh, okay. Together in the city, we live, and we just do our thing every day. (laughs) How do you, um, how do you find apartments, affordable apartments at your age? That's you know, 
in a decent area that is safe enough but yet close enough to work yeah well and it, it is kind of struggle and also because new york city is so expensive right so we actually we share a one bedroom um that's what usually ends up at you know you have to do that but we live on 77th street it's super great area yeah that's and close our parents because we were so young we didn't really have much credit or anything so our parents had to sign as guarantors right um so you're renting up you didn't buy one right no yeah renting and, and so i guess it's kind of like you know from a parent standpoint it's kind of like a replacement of having to pay money for college you're just helping out in a different way yeah and actually i mean our parents don't even help us with the rent we pay our own we pay our own way basically so that's another question that i know that you know not trying to dive too personally but it's such a unknown for parents of dancers and the world itself is you know the level of salary does it within like the core there's a variety of salaries yeah differential yeah yes so when you're an apprentice you make um it's kind of more based on how many shows a week you do do. Okay. But as a core member, you make the same amount every week, no matter how many shows you do. But if you have more than a certain amount, the extra rehearsals count as overtime. So then that would be money on top of that. Okay. And then every year it goes up. Okay. So you do get a little bit more based on seniority. Yes. Yes. And then same with principals. Is there a variety of salaries within every rank yeah i mean i know that soloists when you go to soloists you make more principals make more i'm not sure how the whole salary thing works with the principals i think some of them make different depending on if they're an older principal or a younger principal but i'm not sure how that whole thing works because certainly you know and unfortunately notoriously the professional ballet dancers get nothing close to what athletes make right yeah, that's yeah. Which it's is crazy. Because we didn't, we work so hard. I know, I know. And you bring such, you know, a gift to the audience too. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy it's, to me. Ballet is an art, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, but you don't want to always be a starving artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's exciting. So, what will you do this summer? Um. So this summer we're we, we're going to go to Saratoga, and then. We have August off, all off, basically. So I'm probably just going to go home for a little bit and take class there, maybe stay in the city for some of it and take class. Mm -hmm. Just kind of enjoy the summer. That's pretty much the only time that we have off. Right. Well, I'm sure your family would love to have you back for a chunk of time too, huh? (laughs) I haven't been home in a long time, so... Well, Lexi, thank you so, so much for your time. Oh, it was so good to talk to you. And thanks everyone for joining me again on Balancing Point Podcast. It's just really fun to be back. I hope you loved the uh, first episode of the new series of Where Are They Now? If you have any particular requests of some of my old guests that you haven't heard from in a while and you'd love to hear a little bit about Where Are They Now? Please send me a message. You can message me over at Premier Dance Network under the contact page and I will be sure to get back to you. Also, go ahead and head over there, premierdancenetwork.com, and check out the other shows that are on the network. We have some amazing hosts who 
regularly just continue to upgrade and inspire. So head on over to premierdancenetwork.com to check out all of the shows on the network. And just so you know, we are continuing to expand. We've got a couple other new shows coming up in the near future. And until the next episode of Balancing Point Podcast, have a great day.